Welcome to the Content Creator Society. My name is Bonner Bolger. This is episode number two of season two. Today, we caught up with Sebastian Kubots in Estrelle, Quebec, as he was on assignment with Porsche Canada and Steak and Sizzle, capturing the Porsche ice experience. Sebastian is from Leipzig, Germany. He is a cinematographer and a photographer and an all-round great guy. And he's been shooting for companies like Porsche, Porsche in Germany, Porsche Canada, Porsche Leipzig for years now. And we dig into where he all got started and how he got to where he was. So let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Content Creator Society Season 2, Episode Number 2. My name is Bonner Balter. I'm your host. And today we have Sebastian Kubat. Sebastian is a photographer, a cinematographer. He is from Leipzig, Germany. I have been working with him for quite some time. But uh, Sebastian, thanks for showing up. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's just put some context here for a second. We are in Montreal. No, we're not Montreal. We're in Estrelle, uh, which is maybe an hour northeast of Montreal. And we are here, or at least you are here, to cover the Porsche Ice Experience Canada, correct? Exactly, yeah. Cool. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not Leipzig, but it's uh, it's different. Um, lucky to have you aboard. So let's let's give a little bit of a 30,000 foot overview of kind of who you are and what you do so people can kind of get a sense of of sort of your background. All right. So um, I'm a photographer um, most of the time, but I like moving images and um, most people will recognize it in the photos as well because I try to have them as dynamic as possible. But yeah, like I said, I also like uh, moving images. So filming is a, a great part of uh, my passion, I would say. Right. And then, so you're from Leipzig? I'm from Leipzig, Germany, born and raised there. And yeah, it's it's a nice town. And um, even though it's quite small and uh, not as um, big as Munich or Hamburg or Berlin, um, it's one of the nicer towns in Germany, to be honest. Just a small town German boy who uh, yes. who made it to um, to the big time, so to speak, out here in Canada. So I ran into you way back in 2017 at the 24 Hours of Daytona, where we had the um, Allegra Motorsports won the 24 Hours. So that was mm-hmm. your first time covering Daytona, and lo and behold, the team wins. So that was nice. First time covering like a proper race and a proper 24 hour race. And you did a wonderful job, and it was all film at that particular time. You do a lot of work for not only Porsche Leipzig, but you do, I think you do some work for Porsche Germany, like AG, correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So what I want to cover is the um, Porsche Ice experience and sort of how that works. But before I get into that, I just want to get a little bit of background here because I think a lot of the listeners would be interested to know sort of how you got from point A, from where you started, to shooting for Porsche Germany. And I think we tend to look at these things through, you know, for example, we were over at Sofenhausen photographing and filming this, you know, GT3 project. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would be like, wow, you're, you're, you're an exclusive manufacturer. You're seeing stuff that nobody's seen before and you're filming it and you're, you're, you know, doing all these things. We tend to be like, well, you kind of forget that that's really awesome sometimes. So maybe, you know, let's start with where you started and then kind of how you got to where you are today. And, you know, I don't need this to be like an hour long thing. So I was going to say, I don't know how much space you have yeah. on that. 
<laughs> I have, I may not have enough. So let's try to condense that down into a five minute, if less, you know, kind of spiel. Go ahead. All right. All right. Well, it all started out uh, back in, I would say, ninth or 10th class in school. A friend of mine had one of the, I'd say one of the first digital SLR cameras, the, maybe the, the consumer version of it, the Canon EOS 300D. And the first time I saw this camera, um, I was like, what are you going to do with this camera? It's so big. It's so chunky. You don't, you can't put it in your pocket. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. And way back then, uh, these were the times where cell phones didn't have any cameras in them. You had these little point and shoot cameras that you would take with you. And it would take for hours to take a picture and just review it on the, on the back screen. And with this, uh, SLR camera, it was like instantly there. You could take a picture in the second you can view it on the, on the screen. Uh, you could change lenses, you could have, uh, tele lenses, wide angle lenses, and you could do so much more, um, something that, yeah, we call photography basically because, uh, everything you have done with a normal point and shoot is more like, uh, hitting a button and don't think about it. And I like that idea and uh, I went on and uh, we went out for some photo walks, I, I would call it, just in the nature, in the zoo, um, through the city. And I, I really liked the, the way, um, yeah, on how you can view all your daily, your daily life, basically. And so I went on and probably about a year later, I, uh, like took all the money that you get from, uh, uh, from your parents and, uh, for, for Christmas and birthday, put it all together, saved it. And, uh, also bought my first DSLR, the Canon EOS 350D. And I didn't buy any lens because I was able to rent them basically from, from my friend back then. So that's how it all started out. And then, um, couple of years later, um, I, so he, first of all, he teached me all the basic stuff. And then a couple of years later, it was the other way around. So I could teach him even more. And then, uh, yeah, I, uh, I finished school. Um, what happened next? Yeah. Uh, it's a long time ago. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard, it's, hard to go back. So <laughs> then, so then you, you went through this, you had this camera and then, so you got to, where did you first start in shooting for, for Porsche in Leipzig? What was that? For, um, what was that first job? So that was, uh, right after, uh, my internship there. Um, oh, an internship. So you yeah. did an internship. So that was your in. Yeah. That, that was my in with Porsche. Um, so I studied media engineering and then, um, for my sixth semester, uh, I had to do that internship thing mm -hmm. and just, um, out of, a, I don't know, curiosity, I, f I found out that, uh, Porsche Leipzig had a internship program, um, for media engineering. Mm -hmm. So I, I applied there and, um, they were like, okay, yeah, let, let's do this. And then I was there for half a year and then, uh, uh, even, even longer because they, they needed me longer mm -hmm. and I, uh, yeah, everybody knew that I was taking photos back then and 
So at one point when I was finishing the internship, they asked me if I could do some photos uh, for them, for their um, instructors, mm -hmm. just portrait shots. And they probably didn't, um, they weren't thinking too much into it, um, but I saw an opportunity there and uh, yeah, rented a big light kit and big camera, all the things that I didn't have back then. And I set up a really nice photo shooting in their location at Porsche Leipzig. And yeah, I'm, I'm what should I say? They, they like the pictures. Uh, they like the way I did it. And after this, they, they just came up uh, and said, all right, um, we want to do more of that with you. Um, so these are the opportunities. This is what we can do. And I was like, yeah, all right. Uh, I just finished my internship, so let's go. So you started off with, and it was more of a freelancer sort of situation with yep. them, right? So it wasn't a full-time gig. It was just, hey, we can do some more work. And yep, you, just, yeah. Yeah. you kind of put this media kind of thing in front of them and they just sort of bought it, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. They they, they saw the um, they saw the photos and they were like instantly hooked. Yeah, yeah. I said, okay, we need more of this. This is like very, very fresh style and uh, very dynamic. And it, it didn't took long uh, until uh, I was noticed by, by Porsche in, in Stuttgart. Mm -hmm. And so they came up and called me and also asked uh, for different events that I could cover maybe. And yeah, that's how it all started out. And uh, I would say until now, like it's almost 10 years later, I worked for most of the department departments with Porsche, I would say. Um, so that that's what it makes interesting. What makes it interesting for me is uh, that it's not just uh, not just one and always the same work you do, but you get contacted or are in contact with different departments and um, yeah, can uh, can basically see all the different things that are going on there from internal events to marketing uh, to press stuff and yeah so let's talk a little bit about ice experience because that's why we're here and you were doing ice experience in finland for quite some time this is your first time doing ice experience here what is the most challenging thing about shooting an ice experience event and i think this is going to be very interesting for a lot of people because quite frankly this is a really unique event i mean i suppose you have saint moritz and some other weird not that they're weird, but you know, like these sort of bespoke events, but this is a little bit different and there's not very, there's one in China, there's one in Canada and there's one in Finland. So you are one of a handful of people in the world who has the opportunity to cover this event. So what is challenging about this for, for you? Um, the most challenging part uh, I would say is, um, just the environment you're working in. Um, I mean, with all the global warming now, it's uh, getting a bit easier. Yeah, uh, I mean, this which, week which is, is going to be super warm. Which is sad um, yeah. because I like the cold. And so this was, first of all, the the, yeah, the, the most challenging thing to uh, uh, get along with. Mm -hmm. um, is it the equipment or is it just yourself getting cold? Ju just yourself. Um, before I came to Finland, I thought that the equipment would be a real challenge. Yeah. 
but in the end it isn't really yeah um yeah. because usually you have the cameras in your hand yeah and your hands are warm yeah um so that warms them up as well so it's not that bad with the with the cameras actually um but it's yourself staying warm especially if it's like really windy out there I didn't I was I was doing this event I was doing this a few years ago and I found the most challenging thing wasn't I guess I was always really prepared right so there's a couple things the heavy boots and things like that kind of tires you out fairly quickly for sure That's true yeah but also I was trying to get a certain shot at Isaac in, in Canada here and I would go into the snowbank and it was deep like it was like and I, you know I wanted to get the shot of uh, the car, you know, is a Tycon coming around the corner with the snow being thrown up and there were um, pine trees, I guess, in front of me. So I was trying to use those pine trees uh, to to create depth of field, you know, so the one branch would be a little bit blurred out, but yeah, be green and, you know, but you had to go into the snow and it was like, dude, up to my waist. Yep. And it was hard to get there. And then you kind of had to leave your camera, you know, your hands are sort of, it's like wading through water or something. You don't want yeah, your camera, yeah, yeah. so you're like, Hands are now my arms are getting tired because I'm walking. Like that's what I find difficult. Yeah, that's true. And I had this the same situation a couple of times. Um, um, but yeah, it's uh, now with all the new camera equipment, um, it's not so much of a challenge. I, I just leave the cameras hanging or put them somewhere on the snowbank and then try to get myself out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, yeah, if it happens the first time, you're like, all right, oh, how do I get out of here? <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I, I didn't get stuck, but it was, uh, but the shot was great just seeing it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, in fact, there, there was a video shot. So I, I, I'll have to dig that up. We'll put it right here in the, in the, well, I don't know. This is not a video podcast or maybe it will be now, but there's a great shot. Um. So, so what is then... Um, what's the most fun? So if we, if the most challenging is physically just making sure you're staying warm and also just the physicality of the whole project, what makes it most, what, what makes it fun? Well, actually same, the weather makes it fun because, um, especially when it's really cold and sunny then there will be like these little ice sparkle crystals in the air, uh, which gives it quite a unique look and something that you can like replicate in summer. Um, so, and, and then also, uh, especially in, in Finland, um, in the, in the early year, early January, when the sun just comes up for two hours, um, you have like two hours of sundown or sunrise, yeah. which is like for us, it's the perfect timing for doing pictures. Um, so I really enjoy that. So uh, it's interesting. So you're so far North in Finland that you're getting a golden hour or morning hour for a while. Yep. See, we don't get that here. We're not that far north. Yeah. I think we're about as far north as Leipzig right now. Really? Yeah. yeah. I haven't checked. Okay. I don't know. Google that because I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I think I'm fairly certain we're, we're not that far north over here. I mean, I think it's because we're inland and it's like, but yeah, I don't think Leipzig and here are probably on the same latitude. Well, well, we'll have to look it up. I'll get my intern. <laughs> I don't have an intern, but if I had one, they'd be looking that up right now. So that that's interesting. So the other thing is you get Northern Lights up in Finland. That's true, yeah. So how do you have to wait for those? How does that work for you typically? Well, usually have, there's an app for that. And yeah. there you'll just put on the warning. And uh, whenever that comes on, you just go outside and uh, look at the sky. 
I remember you had a photo, I think it was your photo of a Panamera. Yep. With yep. The, yeah, 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 with the Northern Lights kind yeah. of over top of it kind of idea. All right, so we've got basically the tough, the tough stuff, physically tough. Cold, a bit of a pain in the ass, but you can deal with equipment. No problem. No problem. No problem whatsoever. Most enjoyable thing is the same thing that's annoying, which is the weather. Yep. Making it crispy, cold, ice crystals can yep. give you some really interesting looks. What is your, so a couple of last questions. We'll finish it up here. Um, well, actually, three, 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 three quick things, because I always like to ask this. What advice would you give the younger Sebastian Kubat? So let's say 10 years ago, you ran into yourself in 10 years. What do you tell yourself? You know, there's the little Seb who's got their new Canon 3, whatever the hell it was. What piece of advice do you give that person? Actually, I never thought about that. Oh, I know. Um, this is why <laughs> the Content Creator Society is all about expanding your mind. Um, you got to answer it, so I'm not going to let you get away from this one. All right. I'll have a sip of beer. Mm-hmm. We're drinking Stella. So if they want to sponsor this, we can get a photo of us with our Stellas. Yep. I hope they do. Oh, I don't know. Not the worst brand. <laughs> not, not the, that's, that's a ringing endorsement. Not the worst brand. <laughs> oh, I'll buy more of that. Okay, anyway, what advice? What would you tell a younger 10 years ago? It was, what's it now, 2024? 2014. Um, I would tell them to do more vertical video. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is... Um, Back in the days when I was still in uh, in high school, um, we had to uh, write a, how do you call it? Uh, the uh, Like an essay or something? Yeah, like, like an a essay. Pa- a paper or an essay or something? A paper, like, an yeah. essay that you yeah. had, have to write. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about uh, writing about shooting vertical video back then. Interesting. And, and that's been like 15 years or even longer ago. And I, I didn't do it and... Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't do it. Um, I will tell you why. Because you're a car guy, and as a car guy, there's nothing more annoying than having to shoot vertical video because everything in our world goes left to right or right to left, and it doesn't give you a lot of real estate to like tell a story because you've got to pan with a, a thing as yeah, it's yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, this was kind of an idea like 15 years ago, and uh, if I see it now, how, it, how it's taken off vertical video or also every vertical content, basically. Well, let me tell you something. This is what Seb 10 years from now can tell Seb of today. Focus on, th- you know, 360 degree or 180 degree immersive video because because that's really where things are going to be in about 10 years. Yeah, it's but- all immersive. And how does it, you know, and that's using LiDAR. Um, for, for and we, I sort of talked about this. We were off the air, so to speak. But, you know, yeah. that is really uh, depth information and all yeah, those yeah. things. This is what's coming up. Especially now with uh, Apple just releasing the... Uh, the Vision the, Pro. The Vision Pro. Yeah, and I mean, even a MetaQuest 3 and all these things. But it's it's going to, you know, it will it will, it will will become a thing as, as technology gets better. And, you know, just as the phone back in 2007 and the iPhone in particular changed the nature of our viewing habits and they changed it to a vertical world that's exactly where we are today in my humble opinion so mark this podcast come back to it in 10 years and let's see if bonner's correct <laughs> let me ask you another two two more questions i always get to people uh, or i get to um the next one is what piece of software if you had a recommendation for someone as a content creator and you had to pick one piece of software 
that you would you'd recommend. And this could be video, it could be photography. And then, mm. and I, and listen, I know there's a lot out there. Like, you know, it's difficult to pick one piece because you're going to say, well, what if we were doing, you know, what, what's your purpose? Pick one you like, it doesn't really matter what it is, but what would you recommend as your favorite, most go-to software? And just to, for context, it could be distribution. It could be, you know, you could say, well, I think Instagram's great, or it could be Lightroom or, you know, whether, you know, there is a broad thing out there. What would you recommend to most people who are content creators? I would say Lightroom, but Lightroom is uh, like a love-hate relationship mm -hmm. um, because it's slow. It's really, really slow. But what I like about Lightroom is uh, the way you organize your photos in, in those different catalogs and um, just a way to uh, to go through them like through a pile of pic pictures and uh, I'm doing a lot of event stuff. So I go through a couple of hundred thousand pictures a year. Um, so that's really easy with, with Lightroom. So, okay. So that's your, that's your software pick. Um, where can people find you online? You're basically what Instagram is your best bet. Where's the best place to find you? Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. What's the handle? Uh, it's uh, Sebastian Kubitz. And you got that back after losing it from some time. Yeah. That was two years ago already. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure, yeah. That's a, that's a story for another day. Thank you very much. This has been the Content Creator Society. My name is Bonner Bulger. I have been talking to Sebastian Kubatz of Leipzig and Porsche fame. I want to thank Sebastian for his time. Uh, I also want to thank Justin Dama, audio engineer, for this episode. He took the audio and made it nice and smooth. You can follow us on Instagram at the Content Creator Society. Uh, and as we dial this all in, feel free to leave a review, leave some stars, all those things that help surface our little podcast. That'd be appreciated. Next week, we get to talk to John Simo. John Simo is a content creator and a builder and just a fascinating guy. And we get into this discussion about mental wellness and content creation, how it is a difficult job. It is sometimes a job that you are doing alone. And there's not always the support structures that exist in larger organizations to support content creators. A really great conversation. That's it for now. We'll see you next week.